fears of tripping on top. Be there! Scour the spaceways! Explore vast alien worlds! Tin right here contains the whole rigmarole. I used to smoke about an ounce of hash every day. Good. And it made me go a little bonkers. Maybe. If I occupy his mind with more duties, I can control his space. Hi. Big fat Hi. doobies. Hi. Hi. Hi, hi, hi. What's up, everybody? It's Friday, December 23rd. 2011 episode 102 of the hot box my name is matt my name's ian and this is it this is the friday show right before christmas we uh, oh is that what's this weekend is it i uh, wondered why everybody was i don't know running into grandma's out in front of the mall <laughs> Did you bear, see that? bear spraying people over the last little bit of whatever <laughs> yeah. the hell you Pepper can't sprays with. become the new like oh, the, the new, new like ha- car horn you it know is, like right the new middle finger right like <laughs> instead of something i'm not even messing somewhat around harmless let's fucking spray some chemicals i'm gonna mace you over this thing that i didn't think i could live without but now i know i cannot um, you guys can call us live, 406-204-4687. Give us a call, say hey, say what's up, tell us about your favorite dispensary, if you had an interesting uh, run-in, anything that we yeah. could file under uh, dispensary etiquette, uh, if- favorite strain, anything like that. If you've got questions, comments, concerns, all that, email info at hotboxpodcast.com, post it in the forums, post it on the Google Plus circle, Post it on the Facebook group or the Facebook page. You can at reply us on Twitter or leave a comment on the episode. I don't give a flying pile of horse poo. You, lo- so- you lost me at social media. <laughs> There's so many ways to interact. Reach out and just do it. So uh, do yesterday it well. in Kalispell, did you hear about the 90-some-odd-year-old yes. woman that got iced yes. in front of the mall? What I am having a hard time understanding is, first of all, I know there's a lot of old folks' homes around there, and I know these old people try to escape sometimes, and I know that they may not necessarily know where they are at any given time of day, but what really, really puzzles me, above and beyond anything else, is how she flew 50 50 feet feet. when it's a 30-mile-an-hour, like, and there's no 50 cross. Fifty feet. Fifty feet. It knocked her out of her shoes. Ninety years old. They out literally of her shoes. chalk outlined where her shoes were and yeah. the point of impact. Um, it looked like someone called in a bomb threat. Yeah, it, I posted on Twitter this, about it. I was like, "What happened here?" Because I didn't know what what had gone on. This it reminds me of those stories that you hear about people like trampling other people yeah, in the yeah. during Black Friday. You know, if you were the first person to grab your Xbox, you know, you better watch out because you might get a bow to the dome. Well, not only that, but then you know somebody has a stroke and people are just like trampling the person. Oh, yeah. nobody it's stops madness, to help them up dude, or whatever. It's, it's and so here's I just picture somebody running around town doing last minute Christmas shopping and. Bam! Taking out grandma. And the other odd thing is they were saying that there is no crosswalk there. The only crosswalk is next to the coffee traders. Correct. And this was about a block south, I believe, of the coffee traders. Yeah. So they, but they mentioned that they were doing a blood test. And I was wondering right. if they're going to find any trace amounts of THC and blame it on the Cannabis. marijuana. Right. I Which, hope not. I, it sucks to say, but... It's, I wonder what other chemicals they're going to find trace amounts of. Yeah, I know, huh? You know what I mean? I'd be interested to see what kind of chemicals they find in the, the grandmother's uh, <laughs> system, you know? 
I mean, it sucks to say LSD, as, Grandma. Yeah. Whoa, Jesus! <laughs> as a, someone that drives uh, probably a lot more miles than you do, you being the listener, it's in me. It, and yeah, I, dr- I drive a lot for a living, and I, it sucks to say, but pedestrians, as much as people don't give a fuck about bicyclists, pedestrians don't give a fuck about cars, and they will just walk out in the middle of the road. And you, as a driver, have to be uh, on the offensive and watch out for that sort of thing. But, again, you're 90, you've made it this far, like, look both ways. And I get your mind goes, but why are you out wandering around? Like, I, I almost, I hate to say it, but I almost can foresee a lawsuit being put on the place where she was staying. Why did you let my 90-year-old grandmother wander around? Without well, any supervision okay, so the, or anything. The assist, I have a few patients that live in those housing units there. Uh-huh. And some of them are assisted living. Some are HUD housing. <laughs> right, right. But they're not locked down there. They they are, yeah. they are still have the ability to come and go as they please. Those right. are apartments that, it's for It's not them. like a rehabilitation place where really sick people or, go. Or, so, just, you know, it's not like you're on lockdown. You exactly. are a free individual. You still are able to come and go as you please. Right. It's not like you are... Um, uh, not able to leave the building, and and that's why Sykes there, and yep. and that's been such a staple of it's the community area, because yeah. that's an area, and and our dispensary. There's a we have a lot of patients that come from over there. Yep. Um. So there's 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 quite a bit of foot traffic on that side of town over there, which is really unfortunate that um um that's the case. Yeah. People aren't watching. You know, it's the hustle and bustle of the holiday, like you said, and, and people are so. They're so overstressed, you know, times are tough, so people are having a hard time financially. On top of that, the whole holiday thing, which you would think you're getting days off work. It should be a nice time of relaxation, but it's anything but because our capitalist society has put so much of an emphasis on you have to go out and consume, and this is the biggest consumption day of the year. You better take part in it. It's almost like a status symbol. Who spends the most and who gets the most Christmas? Who's got the biggest shopping bags? Sad. Who's it's got really, the, you know, that kind of thing. When it's, you come out with those bags, you know, do you want to be the guy with the big TV or the person with the dollar store bags? You know, right. people, it, it's really, really unfortunate. But people place such an overinflated sense of this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Fox that News. You or- took the Christ out of Christmas. <laughs> In essence. So, and that's a whole other aspect is that, you know, there's people that are upset that people aren't saying Merry Christmas. It's like Happy Holidays is like a curse word. In, and it's like, you know, Happy yeah. Holidays is really just short for Merry Christmas and have a Happy New or Year. Or whatever stupid it's, shit it's you like believe in. It's like lazy man's term for all of that. It's like it's Happy Holidays. Un- it's the unoffensive way because not everybody believes in Christmas. And I, I got that as a delivery guy that... Everyone was saying Merry Christmas, so then the next place I went to, I said Merry Christmas, and the lady shot back an awkward look followed by Happy Holidays, and I was like, fuck. Right? <laughs> like, um, how do you know? You, you don't. And Fox if you don't, News reported- like, I'm an atheist. I don't give a shit. <laughs> 
you right? Know, Christmas, but you, Hanukkah. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. Festivus. <laughs> yeah, right. For Festivus. So Fox <laughs> News reported that there was a woman that uh, was Christmas shopping, and mm-hmm. it was the last uh, item of uh, of something. Sure. And she pulls out a gun. Whoa. To fend other people away from the item that she wanted to buy for Christmas. Not to rob the place. No, no, no. Because before the police arrived, she was able to go through the checkout and pay <laughs> for the item yeah. in full so that the person that was going to receive the gift could get what they wanted. But she wow. had pulled a gun out to get other people away from what she was going to buy. Now, what charges? Fox News reported it as competitive shopping. Whoa. Competitive shopping. New extreme shopping. Like, I didn't know I got to wear my flak jacket to go to I fucking know. Walmart. But I, I guess some people are pretty Isn't serious that, about this consumption thing. That's nuts. You know what other... Who is to blame for that? Is that the people? Is it the media? Is it Jesus? Uh, Who do you greed? Blame? Shallowness? Uh, just an just overall the, breakdown in the, yeah, the it's fabric like all of, a sudden, of society? Yeah, it's all of a sudden, you know, this, this Xbox is more important than your freedom. <laughs> or your life. Or right? somebody else's life. Right, because... Clearly I, it is. I, I mean, it's an Xbox. I pulling out a gun and, and saying, get the fuck away from that. It's mine. For it's anything. Like, what would you place... Above and beyond anything else in your life that you would do that. Like, I can't think of anything. Well, I, th- I think that I think that people would, would say some ideals. They would put, you know... Like, I will die for... Let's talk about freedom. You know, people, sure. have, life, people have pulled out the, guns the for... The pursuit of Black Friday. <laughs> you know, sure. <laughs> right. But in your day-to-day, like, I can't... Uh, you know, I don't. Uh, I don't, know, I don't officially own a gun, and so I can't I say don't that I officially. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't. Okay. I can't say that I would. You know, pull out hypothetically you know, a weapon like, on someone. You know what that would be like, and knowing that, like, y- can you think of anything that you? I mean, I can't. I there's no. I mean, I'm no, as far as not. material possession. Uh. Uh-uh. Anything above and beyond base necessities of Maslow's yeah. hierarchy, like I can't. It's like uh, uh, it's um, beyond me, man. And maybe I wasn't raised in that mind. I don't know. I, I just don't know. It, that kind of reminds me of like you know, if your house was on fire, if you had, if you could grab three things, what would be the three things that right, you would grab? Right, you know? Yeah, it's my like, flashlight, my lube, and. <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm gonna my laptop, <laughs> right? So you know, no, it's, it's, it just kind of reminds me of that. Is like what's what's important enough to you know um, to die for? Scare the shit out of some other innocent shoppers or, with a weapon, right? To, to you know, well, and let's ridiculous. in her defense, we don't know what her kids are like. That could have been problem child one and two and home alone. <laughs> like you don't right, know, yeah, who this devil? Mom, if I don't that, get this, I'm, I am gonna. I will kill you. <laughs> I will. Maybe she was trying to go to jail. Because it's safer there <laughs> than with the good son. <laughs> you know, I mean, I got I got two more Macaulay references like for the show, and then that's <laughs> uh, in the chat says it's beginning to cost a lot, like Christmas. No it doubt. absolutely is. It's nuts out there, man. So be careful, guys. No doubt. And um, if, if the person that got kicked out of my shop today is listening, stay oh, the is fuck it time, out of my shop. Is it time for dispensary etiquette? <laughs> well, this is more uh, so. It's um, a helpful hint. When the dispensary gentleman well, is like busy that. Like, I helping I customers, even... you can't be in the front being like, "Can you hurry the fuck up? I need these screens, bro." It's it's not. This is an etiquette, but today, well, it's common sense. Today it's fuck. the day. Like I'm closed all weekend, and so um, it was it was rather busy in my shop today. There, I had 
Uh, several times throughout the day, I had a line of people, you know. Sometimes and again, it was three people. Sometimes it was seven. At this particular time, there must have been 12 people, which in my little shop is, is quite a few people. Right. And so um, I'm servicing a couple patients, and I was calling, you know, I can help who's next, you know. And, and my patients are all very uh, cordial with each other. People are offering for people to go in front of them. And, yeah, oh, yeah. go ahead. It's really nice. Yeah. No handguns being like, this right. is the last one. Fuck you. We don't have to competitively <laughs> shop at the Compe- dispensary. <laughs> Fox News. You should be ashamed. <laughs> no, right? Jesus. Um, so as I'm helping a patient, I'll, I hear one of my patients say, man, get the fuck out of here. And I turn around <laughs> and look out the window, and here's this all 40-something-year-old just- man, oh, man pointing towards the door to see some younger kid with his hat on crooked and he, he and then the next thing out of the older guy's mouth was i've been here longer for you and you have no fucking reason to bitch now get the fuck out that's so and like awesome. everybody in the whole shop was absolutely silent just deafening and silence. the kid you know like this kid just didn't, everyone's looking at him now yeah like, like did you did you have something to say <laughs> yeah and so he was just like man i i I didn't want to buy anything here anyway. Of and course like, not. Turns around and he takes his little buddy out the door. And as soon as the door closed, it was like clockwork. Everybody went back to socializing and doing what they were doing. Like, like Xavier, like nothing just had even happened. Time back. The in. next patient that even came oh, into man. the room didn't even mention it. They weren't even like, "What was that about?" They were just like, "Oh, they hey, knew, uh, they how's knew it going? what that was about. That yeah. was about some punk ass, impatient motherfucker." That's so all. When the patient that told him to leave comes in, he was like. He's like, that pissed me off. You know, I've been here longer. Than, he was like, I've been here longer than that kid was. And he started talking shit about you because you oh. had g- dropped what you were doing and coming to come out and help him. Right. So I just figured I'd help you out and tell him to leave. And, it, you know, like high fives, bro. How that's how bad beautiful. is it when a customer kicks you out of a shop? Yeah, that's like not just the management. Not by the, a cancer patient. <laughs> right. You Somebody with a cane ass. limping around. <laughs> Boy, I'm going to kick the shit out of you if you Kids, man, up. no respect. Yeah, no so, respect. Um, it's not really uh, etiquette. Just, just, just kind well, of it's, it's a helpful tip. Don't be <laughs> a d bag when you're uh, uh, when you're frequenting patronizing businesses. Uh, Justin Fan Blue in the chat says, "Are all these patients going to support the initiative to end all criminal penalties next year? Um, Should we have a poll on Facebook to yeah, ask them? Well, why not? Um, but that's kind of a uh, this, this kind of a. Why don't you uh, fill everybody in on m- what this multifaceted problem? Okay, so." Are they going to support the idea? Yes, I think most patients are going to support that idea. But now getting them to actually go out and do something about it is a completely different question. A lot of people support what we're doing and feel strongly about the causes that we're fighting for. But to get them to go out and take action to support things, I think that you find that not only with cannabis or with related topics – we have a sense of uh, we have a lot of lethargic attitudes in our society. It's a lot of armchair activism. I'll Correct. reshare something and post something on Facebook, but I'm not leaving my house. I can't be bothered, which right. is kind of sad and to the detriment of the overall movement. Correct. And so, um, getting getting these patients to go out and physically support these initiatives you almost have to bring is, it to them correct to, and and that's what we learned over the summer doing the petition was we had to register people to vote we had to put the petition in their faces and even other people that were going out to collect signatures they wouldn't even go out and do that because it was too much it was just too much like r- regardless of even asking their boyfriend or girlfriend to sign the fucking thing 
that action is what is the difficult part on getting anything done with any topic in our society. I agree. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is the defense, the, the national 2012 Act. military defense act. You know, like here's this thing that's pretty much going to install uh, martial law in, in our States. It's sitting on the president's desk. He has until the 26th to veto or to sign it. Why don't you uh, fill everybody in on exactly so, what that does? Um, this, the, the national defense act of 2012. And if there's an a in there somewhere, national defense activation or something, um it's it's a it's a law that it's it gets passed quite often but this year um it's nullifying a few of our uh, constitutional rights um the 4th the 6th and it's really limiting the first amendment as well is what it's is what it gives our federal government power to do is to detain any suspected domestic terrorist um indefinitely without trial in a military prison. This is sitting on the president's desk right now. And like I said, he has until the 26th Monday to sign or veto it. It passed in Congress. There was only seven people. It looks like it has a lot to do with spending and stuff. This says in mid December, U S Congress authorized 662 billion dollars in defense spending for the fiscal 2012 and that's trimming off 27 billion these are billions with a b right. and a whole bunch of zero okay billions uh from president obama's request and probably the last budget before deeper more painful cuts are required by the budget control act which was passed in august in this bill, wow. um, there's there's lots of things in this bill, and some of it I think a lot of people would support, but there's a provision in there about arresting or being able to detain American citizens without due process. Yeah, so, indefinitely. So terrorists, okay, so, you know, and I was thinking, well, I don't have anything to worry about because I'm, you know, I don't, I don't fund Al-Qaeda organizations. And then he went to youhaveDownloaded.com. <laughs> right, well, and, you know, and I don't, I don't, you know, I, I'm not a terrorist. I don't support that kind of thing. Exactly. But. In the law or in the some laws that are already laws in America, what makes what raises red flags about being a terrorist are things like if you're missing a finger, if you own a gun, if you have ammunition, if you have more than seven days of food at your house. That's that is a red flag. That's so weird. Makes you a suspected terrorist. Seven days of food in your house. Who doesn't have that? Not everybody. I I don't. But, you know, there's a lot of folks that have, you know, a couple bags of rice and a bag of potatoes. Like, come on, dude. Right, exactly. And so these, these are, this is giving the federal government the ability to detain anybody without due process. And so that's kind of what this kind of makes me think about, which is, which is, Terrible. This is the NDAA, National Defense Authorization Act. That's the other A you were thinking of. Uh, And yeah, like you said, last week, both the House and the Senate passed it. Uh, This annual bill provides critical authorities and resources for the U.S. Department of Defense and the men and women of our armed forces. Due to two sections in the larger bill, which contain provisions that affirm and clarify legal authorities for waging the war on terrorism and detaining terrorists. The 2012 NDAA has found itself the subject of an unexpected misinformation campaign. Oh, you got that wrong, Ian. That's just oh. what it said. That's not what it means, though. Oh, right. Yeah, no, you, right. Americans will be fine. No, that, that's, yeah. Section 1021 of the 2012 NDAA solidifies the legal authority under which our forces continue to engage the enemy. 
Are we the enemy? Yes. Shit. Uh, it also provides clarity that would otherwise continue to erode as terrorists held at Guantanamo Bay challenged their detention through litigation in federal court. Wow. The 2012 NDAA sets a clear standard that U.S. forces retain the authority to detain al-Qaeda and Taliban terrorists and medical, uh, medical marijuana smokers and members of our associated forces who are committing acts of war against the U.S., the debate over these provisions, however, has shifted to well-intentioned concerns for our civil liberties. Well-intentioned well concerns. <laughs> like, I don't want to be locked up in Gitmo for the rest of my fucking life. Or, or until terror is defeated. Unfortunately, certain... T- <laughs> we're going to defeat terror, and after that, obesity, we're coming for you. Yeah. Well, as soon as, like, as, soon as the emotion defeat. of terror is no longer available to okay. the human species, what are we gonna then do? we'll release you. Are we going to burn the Hellraiser um, quad- quintilogy it, or what? A, a few people are saying a, th- a couple things in the chat room. Room oh, about please. um, let's see here. Uh, where was Jimmy that? says? Have to remember that an issue is only an important issue to a politician if it is made to be an important issue to them. If they don't hear about it, it's probably not important to them. Absolutely, and and like Justin Fan says here is that he has all those things. Um, right. I, I hope you have all ten fingers. That would be terrible <laughs> if you didn't. But the gun, the food, and. And also any sort of language that is combative or belligerent or in hmm. challenge like of the, the federal government and the hot box and the, parts of the Occupy Buffalo. movement the whole the, that'll Occupy. shut down all the Occupy movements because that's combative. You're to all going to get federal more. policy, and if this law is signed on Monday, then that's the state. That's that's the 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 country we will be yep. living in. The the language of this law is very similar to the law that Hitler passed in 1933, giving him ultimate power over Germany. Martial law, in, um, a, in, a, in essence. Absolutely. Um, so that's something that I think everybody should be aware of. I, I, that's not directly related with cannabis, but that's directly related to your well, civil liberties. How far? How much of a slippery slope is it to say that if you're associating with these federally illegal acts such as then marijuana the, exactly is it a far stretch to say that now not you're considered a terrorist not at all which is interesting because on facebook a while ago i reposted this article about a car dealership that was funding or helping to fund al-qaeda it was a honda dealership so i i mentioned that you know now should we ban should we make car dealerships federally illegal? Because, look, they're funding terrorism. Because that's exactly what you're doing with marijuana. You're saying that marijuana funds terrorism. Well, so does pharmacies and so does this right. Honda dealership. Well, and I think that where they'd go with cannabis so, is that, you know, uh, obviously medical marijuana has You're been drug trafficking. Dis- All drug trafficking funds terrorism. And it destroys communities. That. Drug Clearly. use destroys communities. And if How you're destroying you communities, get- you are... Obviously, a domestic terrorist. But Obviously, the, the point of all this is is that it just gives them abilities to come invade your privacy, tap your phones, listen in, and not worry about and not worry about sued. any sort of legal repercussions for not giving you any 
privacy or any rights of due process. Yep, it's all about the due process and that's taken away. So um, be aware of that. Uh, look into this law. I mean, uh, the 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 phones at the White House and for the federal government yesterday and today have been completely blacked out. I mean, there's been so many people calling and obviously trying to voice their opinion. And about check this. up on demandprogress.org, stopcensorship.org, all those different sites. They all help contribute to this movement that. Are, our, our freedoms officials. are being chipped away at slowly, and they're and they're being done slowly behind our backs. <laughs> well, yeah. They're they're being done out of the limelight. Like this isn't something that you're going to see all over the media about. No, the negatives is... of these bills. You're going to see like why we should be doing them, but they're not going to bring up the fact that it destroys your civil liberties. This is look at this. Look at this over here. Right. Now, while I'm over here. Yeah. That, exactly. It's, it's, it's World Series time, guys. Yeah. We're going to pass a bunch of bills real quick. Exactly. Yeah, um, but society is clearly crumbling. I mean, how, how many times did you get shot at just trying to get here to do this very show? Well, actually, I haven't had a gun pointed at me since uh, last month. Oh, well, that's pretty good. Right. And, you know, a month gun wasn't month. pointed at me by some criminal or thug. It was actually pointed at me by the federal government. And oh, so, interesting. The, the sworn, huh. Right, and so you Weird. know, um, Weird. It, because of the, it, it's funny too because uh, uh, we, I think we talked a couple weeks ago about discrimination and how Second if you are class citizenry, yeah, if, if oh. you're involved with medical marijuana, you you will run into discrimination because Instantly. people will draw judgment and won't want to help or make you sit at the back of the bus or because won't they rent hold to you preconcept preconceived correct. notions about what you are because um, you smoke pot. The the comparisons between how you get discriminated against for um, agreeing or believing or supporting marijuana or cannabis there there's not much difference between the discrimination that happens to people of color or religious views or any of those other things it's it's discrimination at the bottom line is and and it's been a really interesting experience finding out what it's like to be on the other end of the discrimination it's really disheartening and kind of dehumanizing because people automatically put you down it's As that weird... second class citizen, and yeah. it's like they don't want anything to do with you, instantly. and they know nothing about you. Yep. They know nothing about how you that do. That wall goes up instantly, and Absolutely. You, it's hard to break into that to get a conversation going to get to know the that back and forth. It's been really eye-opening because it's, it's like I almost, you know, I, I was talking with a patient of mine that's of color, and, and we had a lot of similar things to discuss. And it was really interesting because I, you know, for, for somebody that lives in Montana where, you know, white, obviously, people that are white, Caucasian, are, yeah. you know, that's like 99% of the population right. here. And so to feel some discrimination, I know it's just been a really eye-opening experience. You One know, of like, them fueled by 80 to 100 years of lies and uh, backwards hip- hypocritical legislation. The other fueled by 500 years of just oppression and ownership. And, Correct. But you you get in the end to the same product from both of those, Correct. which is a chip on your shoulder and a bad attitude about the government. Correct. Do you blame us? And either us or them? Like, do you? And I think anybody that's been discriminated against, it's frustrating because it's it's nothing it is, that right? it's nothing that you as an individual has done. It's yeah. the stereotype or it's other people's opinions that are usually unfound and uneducated, if not ignorant, about the way that you feel, look, or what you believe in. It's, it's ignorant. It's, Don't be ignorant. And and we find that 
today in, in cannabis supporters. And know? we like to picture ourselves as being these highly evolved mammals that hold civilized intelligence. <laughs> like we're smart, you know, but we still have these stupid ancient instinctual hang-ups that just they put us so far back from where we should be it's so sad um and it's hard to relate to until you know and like if you had a turban on your head you would experience that in a whole nother absolutely. way it, absolutely it's crazy um justin fan light blue in the chat room says mm-hmm. that people are we were talking about um uh, patients supporting initiatives to end all criminal yep. penalties this year. And he says, you know, people are lazy, but will they object to legalization or will the dispensary owners? I think in Montana, I don't think either group is going to um, object to any better legislation regulating cannabis. Do you feel like the black Whether market- it's legalization or decriminalization or any of that, I don't think anybody in Montana that is involved with cannabis is going to object to those ideas. Right. Because... It would be better than the system we have now, regardless. And Do you think that was by design, though? Like, we have one that is working and is open. We're going to propose one that is so ludicrous and just out there that then when we get to what we really want our regulation to be, they'll be thanking us because we went so far to that other side. Like It seems like kind of a game f- for them to see how far can we push it, and then we'll come in as the saviors and say, right. let's legalize well, it, it this way. I think in government process, you find a lot of the times that the ones that create the problem also create the solution. Exactly. And Interesting. somewhere in there, there is a profit made. Yep. Um, Chiching. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think that I think and that, that's sad because while that's happening, people are going to jail and patients are losing their medicine and access and this and that. And people are getting evicted. And like there's a lot of problems uh, just from a side effect, ju- you know, collateral damage of this whole game they're playing. Mm-hmm. Yes, caller, you're live on the hot box. What's up? Yeah, I want to talk about how the federal government uh, is saying essentially that if you're a registered medical marijuana patient, that your Second Amendment rights are out the window. The gu- yeah, your whole gun own a gun. Yeah, mm-hmm. because as we all know, the marijuana plant itself is not harmful, but when it comes into contact with guns or gunpowder, it instantly <laughs> uproots. It grabs your guns and it shoots your babies. So what they're trying to do yeah. is prevent that from happening. I do find you- it highly ironic that you know people on oxycotton and whatnot are totally capable of having their Second Amendment rights or yeah. alcohol. Or I alcohol, mean, yeah. you know, the, the alcohol. being yeah, intoxicated and, and having that you know that sense of aggression and, and yep. that's associated. You know, how many bar fights and and drunken brawls are there? I, I don't think that I've ever been in a social situation where a bunch of people were smoking cannabis and got into a brawl. I swear, I didn't think it was loaded. Like, <laughs> yeah, what? right. Like. Um, personally, for me, personally for me, if I if, I, if I'm on, you know, if I'm medicated, I'm less likely to be violent as 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 if I wasn't. You know, I'm I'm more amped too. And of course, everybody's brain is different, but I would say overall, that is that's that's the answer. It's I'm like that. You're like that. Everybody that smokes that I know is like that. We've made the point a few times that you know if you're if you're in an argument, especially with a significant other or yeah. something, and you go take a couple tokes, all of a sudden, whatever you were arguing about it doesn't even matter. Did, it, 
disappears. I, it's not we? important. It's, oh, sorry about that kind of thing. It's, it calms you down. It's such a stress reliever and, and it provides a sense of euphoria, which is a good mood, not an angry, aggressive mood, so that it lowers those tensions and those ideas that yep. want to drive people to do violent acts. But people consider that getting high, and that has the negative notion attached to it. They're like, oh, you're just medicating so you can get high. It's like, well, maybe... Getting high isn't always uh, necessarily a bad thing. And um, the thing with the law, the that notice that was put out, that's actually always been on the law books. That was just like a True. reminder memo that kind of came out. It was like, oh, by the way, remember that it is illegal to sell firearms to people that are using Schedule One substances such as marijuana. Um, the when well, you go to the ATF memo said that, that they were sending it to uh, gun gun dealers and that if they were registered medical marijuana patients, they could not lawfully sell to them which I don't find Montana upholding. Uh, no, they're not, because you can't actually ask somebody. Wow. On the questionnaire, there's a question. I think it's question 18. It asks if you are under the influence or are addicted to marijuana. And so if you circle really? no, that's as far as that can go. The guy, the guy at the gun counter isn't going to like search your wallet and call the Department of Health and Human Services to verify if you're so a they, medical they, marijuana they, patient. They hit the law it is the law, yes. And it always has been the law, but that memo that came out from the ATF was kind of like a friendly reminder to gun dealers, like, hey, remember this part of the law? And a lot of, uh, I dealt with this quite a bit down at the shop, that people were panicking, like, oh, man, can I not own my guns anymore? Well, what do they expect the patients to do? Just roll down to the city hall and, like, here they are. Like, yeah, are you exactly. kidding me? Nobody's From my dead hand. Like, nobody's no going to do that. And the other thing is, is that it's actually been a beneficial thing for medical marijuana because it's gotten some of our elected officials to start talking about cannabis. Right. They wouldn't talk about it before that memo was issued. It wasn't the issue. And then all of a sudden, these elected officials are saying, well, wait, wait a minute. It's just a plant. Don't be taking people's guns away over a plant. Like, and so it's actually been more beneficial for our movement than harmful, as long as we can kind of put people's fears to rest. And I've had patients that have gone out and bought a gun since that memo came out just to make sure they can still do that. And it's just a matter of answering the marijuana question correctly. No. No. So... Here's another interesting issue I thought of the other day. Uh, I know that the federal government uh, supports 50% of the uh, uh, Montana state funding. I was wondering, uh, what would you think about if, you know, in a happy world, that Montana su su can succeed from the rest of the country? Never. If it was to really, the shit was to really hit the fan. Do you think that Never. would be possible? No, absolutely not. I don't think, I don't think, I don't think that... I, th I think that that is kind of like one of those ideas like legalizing marijuana that it's not going to happen in our lifetime. Yeah. I, I hope yeah, it would, but um, I, I think that that is a concept more of kind of like a, 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 a bluff or like a, you know, like a powerful statement to be made, even though I don't think that that is possible. Montana isn't self-sustaining. No, yeah. no state in the nation it is self-sustaining. It easily could be if things change, I think. We have enough land. I don't know enough about that. And you know? a, a, a few, you know, a less population density than most. I think we could put the land to use, some wind, some some hydro, some thermal. I think we'd be okay. But, yeah. Um, and Justin Fan said, why will legalization never happen? And, and I was just saying that it's like it's one of those outrageous ideas that 
um, for a lot of folks, not for me personally, but for a lot of people like, you know, legalizing drugs is like so far out of, you know, so far out in left field that people think it's never going to happen. Much like when you talk about seceding with a state from the nation, that's one of those other ideas that's so far out there and it's so foreign it sounds that good nobody gets, understands yeah. exactly what that means. And so it's kind of like one of those. Um, as far as seceding from the nation, it's kind of, I, to me, it seems like it's one of those uh, um, great ideas and it's great to talk about, but it's not something that's going to happen. In reality. Correct. And I, I feel like... Um, and, and I agree. I think that, not that I know enough about it, but it's like, you know, we'd be okay or, you know, that we could be self-sustaining, those kinds of things. Sure, but then, you know, would the other 49 states declare war on us to overtake our territory? Exactly, right. You know, would the United States of America declare war on Montana and <laughs> storm in and say, well, fuck, you're succeeding. We just took you over. So I mean, we've done this what? overseas. <laughs> yeah, right. We've, New middle you know, America. Exactly. So yeah. I, I, just as a weird discussion topic. I feel and like, I, too, that we would we would have a, a better chance of reclassifying or rescheduling marijuana first and then take the steps. Like, I feel like legalization is the very last step. And mm-hmm. before we get there, we have to play this stupid game of shoots and ladders through Candyland before we can, you know, save the princess. That was three, right? Well, what I'd like to see uh, for Montana to do is to be more, um, what's the word, uh, I guess to lead the way Professional? In, 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 uh, in the industrial crop as far as cannabis goes. I think that we could probably lead as an example and maybe be the new beta testing state compared to California. I was wondering what your thoughts are on that. I don't see a weed wars being filmed here, but, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. I, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, like a cash crop or an industrial crop, you know, for, for clothes and, you know, maybe biodiesel and whatnot. I think that we have in eastern Montana there are a lot of subsidized farms. I think that they would make more money growing an industrial hemp than they are getting being a subsidized farm. I think that uh, in Montana, you could actually crop I, – I, I mean, don't quote me on this, I guess. But I think that you could actually grow um, two crops of hemp in one of our short seasons. Um probably the second harvest wouldn't be quite as good as the first one, but hemp grows so quickly that in the span of two or three months, you could have a crop prepared to harvest. So being a very renewable source of a textile product, that's definitely a good idea. It's convincing um, the, it's going to be a matter of getting more power than the industries that already have our elected officials in their pocket to be able to push legislation like that forward. That's hard to fight against. Industrial hemp is a grand idea. It's something that other countries are doing and making lots of money off of. And it's a great idea for, for that. But there's, there's always the other side of the story. You always have the other industries that are going to be fighting against that. Every right. Because they don't have their fingers in it. Because they don't have they're any not control getting, over it. They're not, they are not making any money over that. They're not getting theirs. They so. need to get theirs. Uh, I, I guess that the uh, cigarette industry is probably pocketing lobbyists and preventing that from happening too in the state of Montana. I'd imagine they'd be stupid Absolutely. not to. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. With, uh, I heard a rumor uh, uh, years ago. I think it was seventy-two that. Uh, Philip Morris actually was going to, or did patent the uh, joint, but then when Nixon uh, pretty much nipped that in the bud, they went to their Virginia slaves. <laughs> so thought. Wouldn't surprise me. 
I've I've heard that I've heard similar like urban myths or truths or what have you. But all right, well, anything else, uh, sir? No, that's pretty much it. Thanks a lot, fellas. All you right, guys cool. Are doing a great job. Yep. Thanks for the call, man. Thanks for calling. All right, four zero six two zero four four six eight seven. That right there. That's how it's done. That's a great call. I didn't have to say, "Hey, turn your feed down no. in the background." That was perfect. He knew what he had something to say. That was on point. He had he spoke in full sentences. I like that. Yeah, let's, that uh, nice. let's. He didn't bring up fried chicken. More right? of that, less of the other. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so Justin Fanlight Blue says rescheduling could be a dead end, though. Uh, once it's prescribable, no more home grows. Well, and speaking of rescheduling, we have heard uh, Governors Christine Gregoire of Washington and Lincoln Chaffee of Rhode Island recently submitted a petition. This is from uh, the MPP. Uh, to ask the federal government, basically, to change its policy with respect to medical marijuana. Marijuana is currently Scheduled 1 uh, with a high potential for abuse and no currently accepted medical use and treatment in the United States, which we know is a complete fallacy. Uh, as over 19,000 patients currently enrolled in Montana's medical marijuana program can tell you, that's patently false. Unfortunately, the petition only asks that marijuana be moved to Schedule 2, which would still leave it very difficult for patients to obtain medicine. Uh, regrettably, Chaffee and Gregoire have used the petition as cover for their failure to implement laws passed by their state legislators that would have made medical marijuana available to patients through well-regulated channels. And we've seen that. It, we were watching, like, yay, they passed it a year later. So does anybody there have pot legally? Nope. <laughs> like, yeah. well, that was a complete waste of time. An- a nice job. Christine. Another example of you can say one thing and do another. Exactly. You know, it looks really the good on paper. Obama move. Yeah, you know, it looks really it's good on paper, defense. but in practice, it doesn't work. Um, and, and I think with a lot of cannabis laws, you find that I spoke with a gentleman today, um, that has been, um, providing his own cannabis. He's his own caregiver. He's been growing himself. And he called to talk to me today about the problems that he's been having is that he, he's actually worried because he has more than an ounce of dried material because he's allowed mm. to grow his four plants. And he says he's been growing under fluorescent light bulbs and he's been, can you I know, tell you, sir, it's been an uphill battle the whole time. And he wants to take his cannabis, render it into a uh, material that he can cook with. He doesn't necessarily right. want to be able to smoke it. And he's having a really hard time because at an ounce at a time, he can't really make very much pain, oil or right? butter. That... And so he, he, he was so frustrated that he had been calling around to dispensaries and he finally got me on the phone, which, you know, I, I could talk to him about how the law has written in a way that makes it impossible for you to be a law abiding cannabis patient and provide cannabis on your own. Right. You cannot supply yourself year-round with cannabis with four mature plants and never having more than an ounce of dried material. And think about what way. is that protecting? What is that helping? How is that... What is that even doing? Well, people that... You're pe- just being a dick. The, the people that, that wrote these laws, they're not botanists. They're not cannabis Clearly. users. They're not patients. They were trying to reduce the amount of cannabis that was available, so they arbitrarily lowered the numbers, thinking that that was going to help. But as what that does is it makes anybody that would like to grow their own cannabis for themselves on their medical yep. card a, a potential criminal at some point in time during the year. Is that any way to live? Constantly worried? Well, no, because then you're, you know, if, if you're already dealing with a medical issue 
and you're trying to do you need that added stress to think i'm a criminal right now and i'm doing the best i can so that i can provide for myself but it's but i'm having to break the law i can't avoid it yeah um that's stupid that it's it's counterproductive it's completely counterproductive i don't agree with it i agree i agree um I like the people that are in our uh, live chat room tonight. Everybody's yeah, really social and, they're and on participating. Point. So basically that link in there, uh, you click it and it will ask Montana Governor Brian Schweitzer to join other governors in asking the federal government to reclassify marijuana. Montana's lack of a regulated network of dispensaries makes it difficult for patients to safely obtain uh, the ganja. And there are 34 states with no medical marijuana laws at all. Reclassification would make it possible for marijuana to be prescribed and dispensed through traditional channels. Although, it, do you feel like if it's Schedule Two, how how would they would they deregulate some and treat it any differently, or would it would it be like one of those on paper but not practice sorts of things? Um, See, I, Justin Van Blue says yep. Schedule Two disaster for ninety percent of patients. Exactly, and then uh, <clears throat> Schedule Two drugs are only able to be distributed via f- a pharmacist because they're federally regulated. Ah, and, which means all of the pharmaceutical companies would be like judging, right? And so, the, and then That's no good. the other thing is, is that you know, what does a pharmacist know about cannabis? Nothing. You know, he knows about getting you it's hooked a totally up on those different OCs. system. Going to Walgreens pharmacist, you can't stand there and look at twenty different varieties of cannabis. That's not how a pharmacy works. You would get a prescription for a particular amount of a particular thing. You go, you pick it up, and you leave. Cannabis yep. is not like that. At you all. don't go down to your dispensary and walk through the door and say, yeah, "My name's John Smith," and You're I like, don't say, "Okay, John Smith, John Smith." Oh, an eighth of Granddaddy Purple. Here you go. See you later. Yeah, they go it's, in. It's like you, you know, get to choose that Dilaudid just wasn't working for me. Let me try the fentanyl. Right. You know, you, you know, get to choose your. Let me cannabis. go with some Roxy's today, and then a little fentanyl to top it off, just for night night times. And then can I get some benzos for later and? And I'm going right? to get some Ritalin for the daytime, you know. It sounds so like I, Mexico. I know. Like, is that <laughs> Can't wait want? to go there. Yeah. Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, is this what we're going to turn into? And, and, I, and what will that do to the pharmaceutical companies? Make them twice as powerful, if not more, than they are currently. And currently, good luck. There's so much money there. Like, we, we're so insignificant at that scale. It, it's scary, you know? Um. Justin Fanlight Blue says medicine is not called Granddaddy Purple and it is not a social phenomenon. Really? I beg to differ. Look at the supplement market. Look at the homeopathic market. Look at the chiropractor market. That's all medicine in one way or another and it's completely a social phenomenon. Or therapeutic. There you go. Colon hydrotherapy. Who would have thought? (laughs) Like, really? Um, So. Unless you mean coffee is medicine. I think that uh, it could be therapeutic for some things. If you needed a stimulant to help you wake up in the morning, it could be considered How many? What percentage of Americans drink coffee? Google it. All of them. A lot. And I totally agree with that statement. Blowjobs are medicine. Well, Absolutely. Word to that. We're on the same page here. I love it. Word to that. So uh, (laughs) interesting conversations. If you go to Google+, plus.google.com, uh, search for marijuana. You'll see the hot box in there. We have a, our own page. Uh, you can come be a fan or a contributor, whatever uh, happens to be your role. Uh, on there, a lady by the name of something. 
She posted this uh, piece. It says, could the federal government be looking to own the medical marijuana <laughs> industry? Why not? We own the cocaine industry. Why not? <laughs> we own. I mean, just add it to the portfolio. You're, you're, and uh, this is a lot of the stuff we know that uh, the federal authorities are planning to crack down on medical marijuana businesses in Colorado in 2012, uh, just like they've been doing in California. Uh, according to this post here, uh, the federal government holds the patent on the use of marijuana products as quote antioxidants and. Neuroprotectants. Hmm? Mm. United States Patent 6630507 filed February 2nd, 2001. Look it up. States that cannabinoids are found to have particular applications for the treatment of ischemic insults such as stroke and trauma, as well as the treatment of neurodegenerative diseases such as Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and HIV dementia. Hmm? It's it's so awesome that our government can say one thing and do another with this by oh, wait, saying so it has no medicinal use. Is, is that medical? Yet they have a patent on the Medis- medicinal is, use. Is that medical then? Or I I think well I, I don't know. Shucking and jiving, man. I can't catch up. I wonder if they're gonna patent blowjobs next. <laughs> they, that's medical. You have to like schedule one, <laughs> schedule all. <laughs> Uh, November 17, 2011 notice posted in the Federal Register by the National Institutes of Health, Department of Health and Human Services, stated that the department was contemplating the grant of an exclusive patent license to protect the invention of patent 6630507 to Canalife Science Incorporated. That's Canalife with a K. Science Incorporated. The license would grant the company the right to develop and sell cannabinoids and cannabidiols as antioxidants and neuroprotectants for the treatment of hepatic encephalopathy. Ooh, good one. Thank you. Uh, Comment period on the issue ended December 19th. Quote, the notion that one federal bureaucracy claims ownership rights to medical marijuana while its sister department prosecutes the patients who depend upon this government patented invention is outrageous enough. That was Los Angeles-based Union of Medical Marijuana Patients who had asked its membership to submit comments to help stop the government from issuing exclusive license for medical cannabis. Unbelievable. Is that cool? Can Do, do you... Are you okay? Hmm? Oh, wait, I'm... No medical use. Blah, 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 blah. Right. Except and, for this. Unless we... Unless actually, it's a disease we created? Hold on. <laughs> yeah, and we can, we can control it. Complete... Know? Dicks, um, I I can't. It's, it's I can't. It's it's so funny that we focus so intently on you know cannabis issues and and then how well like what we're fighting against bleeds into other topics as well. Um, like like this National Defense Act and like like all these other things. You know, if you look at the whole picture, it's 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 really disheartening to see what we have to you know what we're dealing with from a day to day basis, especially it, in the political realm. Completely, you know, like having having one topic on your plate, which a lot of times on the show that's all we have but if you start looking at a little bit larger picture and you start looking at all these other things that you know people in this nation are trying to fight against 
it's it's no wonder that we're not succeeding in many of these battles because I forgot which philosopher says this, but um, the easiest way to weaken a population is getting them fighting amongst themselves, and that's that's what I see when we have all these different things going on. You know, um, we we have the FDA regulating these things and saying this, and we have medical marijuana schedule one. This we have this fight over here, and so we have so many different battles to fight on so many different fronts that we're not really we don't have any actual power in anyone kind of like a um jack of all trades but master of none right and so there's all these negative things going on in our society today but there's so many negative things well, how- and so many things that we are trying to change that we're not actually getting any of them changed right. because we we, we kind of we're spread so thin um i don't think that's by accident either i think that that's something that um, maybe not by design, but it certainly worked out really well that way. Gee, didn't it? Though? Because you know, there's so many things that I would like to uh, participate in changing, but it's like yeah, you you have to pick one, or you have to pick one or two to kind of focus on. Otherwise, you right, don't get yeah. anything done on at any all. of those topics <laughs> at all. Um, during the last legislative season, when we were heading down to Helena to talk to senators and House representatives, it was like that consumed all of my time preparing for that. And I couldn't really focus and on what? any other issues because I was ar- my plate was already full and I was dealing with one thing. And what good came out of that? Like they took that study you guys made and I mean hardly any of them read it. If they did, it sure didn't do any good. Well, right, because if it's if it's not giving them a hand job under the table, they don't really give a fuck because exactly. there's no accountability. You can't we can't hold any of these officials accountable for, you know, telling lies or no, not giving all. a shit because the I mean, and people will say, "Well, you cannot elect them next year." But can we? Can we? Your vote, because you realize that they lied, isn't that doesn't mean that everybody else noticed they lied, right? And there's everyone so many, else is still over here looking at the shiny right. thing. While and there's so much like wordsmithing going on. <laughs> oh yeah, you know? like they pay when you people. tell a lie, you can say, oh well, I wasn't. It was I an wasn't... incomplete success. <laughs> like, well, really or you know, I wasn't actually trying to state facts. I was just trying to prove a point. Right. So I could say whatever the fuck I wanted to prove my point, even if it wasn't factual, because that wasn't my intent of my speech exactly and so without being able to hold these people accountable or being able to do this i mean that's why i feel like a lot of times we're you know swimming upstream we need to um there's just so much to focus on it's really hard to get anything done and it's and that's from my personal view but i see this going on and a lot of other areas too. Um, you know, people don't agree with this and they don't agree with that. But if if you wanted to sit down and fight against all these things that you'd like to change, you, like I said, you couldn't focus on more than one or two of them at a time because there's just too much going on. That's why a lot of these bills and a lot of these laws get passed kind of they underneath. pushed through under the radar. Right, because nobody reads 20 pages of your so interesting legislative talk. Or 1,200 pages. It. Exactly. And it's only on page 762, six <laughs> lines of text. Print. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, six lines of text out of 1,200 pages that is the part that destroys your civil liberties. Yep. Um, and we see that all the time, bits and pieces of... Amendments getting snuck in at the last minute, you know. Absolutely, or I mean, and we see this all the time. And so it's it's. I think in in America, a lot of people think that the people are in control of what's going on, but you know, who feels like they're in control of anything? 
Yeah. Don't I mean I feel kind of like I'm strapped in and I'm just along for the ride and well, yeah, I can go vote and I can go like have my voice sure, be heard and I can get put on TV saying some crazy shit or <laughs> whatever. Smoking in front of all. I can co-host a podcast and and you know do all these things but at the end of the day it's like I may make a little bit of change. We may plant some seeds to get other people motivated to make some difference. Sure. But there's a million things that are going uh, on right against now us and- that I think that everybody that's listening right now would have some opinion one way or another. And it's so difficult to to approach those things. I mean, I wonder how many bills our, our federal government goes over during a year. You know, there's there's thousands of them. Like, yeah. how do you... You know, how do you participate in any of that? Plus the motivation, plus the end game of what they're trying to accomplish is all very personal. And none of it, if any, benefits us as the people. It's all, how can I get mine and get as much of it as possible while completely fucking the American people? And that seems to be, like, what's happening lately. And it's it's always gone on. I mean, it's people. My new friend Justin Fanlight Blue says... Uh, <laughs> He's you know, spitting demand, out some gems, Yeah, sure. no, demand answers before they get your vote. And that's and that's so unfortunate. That There's an unfortunate thing about that, Those too. Those like, debates are so coached, well, though. Not you can't only that, ever get an answer out of these people but, in public. Four years ago or three years ago when Obama was running for office, man, he had all this public support because he was saying what we wanted to hear. Right. He was answering the questions in a way that we all wanted and to hear. And he was on our platform. Right. And he you know, was going and so to like, Facebook. And it, it, yeah. And then come to find out, he didn't actually follow through with any of that shit. shit. And so even though he answered the questions, his actions don't yeah. line up with his answers. At all. And so as a voter, and I really think that an uneducated vote is not better than a no vote. No, just stay home, please. Or or not stay home. Do something about it. Educate well, yourself. Edu- like right. maybe maybe discover a couple issues that are going to affect you personally and find out what might work best for you. But the bottom line is is because there's no accountability for these people, how uh, you, you can vote for the person that has the best uh presentation, right. but what is he going to actually do once he's in office? You have no idea. He's going to do whatever he whatever he decides to do or she and there's no accountability for that other than hopefully they don't get elected next next election. Right, but, but that's is that's this so constantly far down the road. going backwards helping though? We need to stop that before it has a chance to do any irreparable damage or like I feel like we need to keep moving forward in our progression and our evolution, but every time we get a group of these people in office, we either stand still or go backwards more times than not. And then I feel like we're constantly having to fight and fix all of this stuff that they fucked up in the first place that we never get to where we're trying to go because we're always making up, you know? It's it's a helpless feeling. It sucks. And I don't know, like, what do you do about that? Belize, white sandy beaches in scuba gear. It's what I'm you do. <laughs> Going to Belize. Fuck it. All right. Um, uh, before or, we yeah, before office. we get out of here, we do. Uh, we should mention this. Uh, I want to read you a quote, and I want you to tell me who said it. The people who are calling me, they have been looking for a year or two years to find a doctor. Uh, some doctors in Alaska are either uneducated about the law or their morality is preventing them from writing the prescription because marijuana 
is a bad word. Cannabis is what I call it. Marijuana is derogatory and post-prohibition and still illegal under federal law. Many doctors don't want anything to do with it. Um, a little bit of background about that quote. This is an individual that has been trying to get a sympathetic or a, a physician that's knowledgeable about cannabis to go to Alaska to help Alaskans obtain their medical marijuana card, which it's legal there, um, because these Alaskans are, like he says, have been looking for years to try to find a doctor that will inf- educate and inform them about adding cannabis to their regimen of, of meds. And so he was trying to put advertisements in um, an Alaskan paper stating that he was going to have a physician available. He's not selling cannabis. He's not providing cannabis. He's providing a physician that would like to educate these Alaskans on their choice of choosing cannabis. Um, and, and the Alaskan newspaper said no. They're not going to put it in the paper. They they denied his advertisement. The funny thing is, is that they didn't deny it because of the subject matter. Hmm. Um, Interesting. I think. Let me see here. Um, this is this was the the newspaper's response or the the director of the newspaper. He says, "I honestly did not have enough time to look into this new company that was from out of state that was going to open a clinic." Oh well, you're busy. I yeah. mean, I, we're busy too. We barely have enough time to get these shows put together for everybody. He says, with the minimum sized buy, which he means the minimum advertisement space, it would have actually have ended up costing the company in order to have the client on our site. Huh. So his excuse for not advertising for a cannabis physician Mm -hmm. was that he didn't have enough time to check in to see what this company was all about. Is that your... I don't job? know about you, but is that even up to you? Are like you doing somebody, background checks? Yeah, if somebody comes to you and says, I'd like to put an advertisement for, you know, somebody just opens up a car dealership We're gonna and to wants to advertise, d- does this guy go down to your car dealership and snoop around and sniff oh, around yeah. and say, all right, well, yeah, yeah, you are selling cars here. All right, we'll Whoa. let you advertise. Is that Al-Qaeda? <laughs> so he... Is that any of your business? Absolutely. I'm paying you. It's like if you do false advertising, there's legal repercussions for that. Okay, it, sure. And the paper isn't responsible for the false paper advertising. is a medium. Correct. It is not... It's like saying Google is responsible for child porn so, on the internet. Like, no. It's, right. it's, a, it's a medium. And so this is, this is another sense of discrimination, in a sense, with it a is. great excuse. It, absolutely. Again, we can't hold them accountable because they're great wordsmiths. They're able to take this discrimination, spin, spin it around, mm-hmm. and kind of say, oh, well, I, you know, we didn't have time, and it was going to cost our company more money than it was worth, and whoops. Instead, Whoopsies. we put you know Barb's Hair Salon in there instead. Well, have they ever advertised with you before? Probably not. You better do a background check and wait three days before you sell them that gun. I mean, that ad. Exactly. Smith. Um, Oh, God. Go ahead. No. Smith says he doesn't plan to sell pot in Alaska. Like you mentioned, he just wants to bring a California doctor to Anchorage and allow customers to pay a fee to see the doctor. That's all. He says doctor-patient relationships are important for sick people who think medical marijuana might help them. Quote, I only focus on doctor relations. I'm here to help them maintain a relationship with a doctor, which is important. Hmm? Uh, he claims the Alaska media outlets either don't understand the service the clinic provides or are scaredy cats. 
afraid they could lose other advertisers if they accept an ad from the medical marijuana industry. Wouldn't want to look like complete bigots now, would we? And it's Alaska. Who decrimmed marijuana back in the late 70s? Alaska? Was that you guys? That was, Everybody yeah. I know that lives in Alaska puffs tough. They all grow it there because guess what? It's okay. Well, and it, it actually was just one court case in 1975 that allowed mm. Alaskans to obtain or possess small amounts of cannabis without the fear of cops kicking down their doors or search warrants or anything like that because um, of privacy rights in Alaska. And that was mm -hmm. upheld back in 1975. And Alaska's prohibitionists um, have failed to overturn that ruling, but they have successfully outlawed possession of pot in public, sure. transporting marijuana, um, All selling... All of the other ways any, of, Yeah, any yeah, sort yeah. Of, of, of transactions, Tricky. Tricky. growing for commercial sale, sure. or growing cannabis to give it away unless you're operating is com in complete compliance with their medical marijuana Which law. even then, who gives a shit? Because federally, we're going to fuck you anyway, so. I doubt there's been any federal raids in Alaska. Has there? I don't know. I've never heard of that. Fans, Google it. Yeah. No. <laughs> right. Um, Do as we say. You get paid money from the government every year if you are an Alaskan resident. Did you know that? Yeah, it's called a dividend fund. And it's, it's actually the, not from the federal government. It's from the oil, oil industry right, right. that's there. And so you have to live in Alaska We're for two years. We're paying you to make you feel better about us just sucking the life out of the planet, basically. Um, it's called a dividend fund. Um, when I lived there, I, I got two dividend checks. You have to live there for two years before right. you receive your first check. Um, and the way it works is that every living citizen in the state gets the dividend check. So if you have six kids, you, your wife, and your six kids, you get eight dividend checks for the same amount. Per year. Um, so the first check I got was like for $2,100, and the next year it was Damn. like for $2,300 or yeah. something. And not only did I like, get oh, one. Like, oh, we spilled some oil. Here's a little extra. <laughs> well, it's not necessarily that, but the other thing about that's interesting about Alaska is the oil industry uh, funds their schools quite a bit as well. The, oh, yeah. the schooling system up there is exceptional. The sports that they have, everything, the, the education system in Alaska is well-funded. For sure. And yes, you get a dividend check for living in Alaska. But the, the $2,200 in... I don't think it's a reason to move to Alaska. Or no, right? You're it's, not paying your. It's certainly not going to like. <laughs> you're sure. not going to get rich off your dividend check, <laughs> right? I'm retired. You know, but I'm it is. But income. it is a nice little bonus every year, right? I, I would definitely have to admit. And if you have a large family, I mean, if you got six kids, so you could turn a family into a pretty financially productive business. <laughs> Possibly between 20. your tax write-offs and your tax returns and your dividend checks. Yeah, I mean, things can happen hmm. like that. But the cost of living up there is a little bit more expensive as well. I mean, sure, you gotta course. have you gotta it have you gotta have transportation um, other than vehicles. I, I found yeah, it. Snowmobiles I found it imperative shit. to have a snowmobile for sure. Um, and and something to ride around in the, in the summertime as well because there's there's. It's kind of the way of life. It's kind of the way of life up there. It's it's That's cool. So it's kind of different. But all right, um, back to this article and and the advertising being um, denied. Um, at the bottom of this article, it says these are not examples of censorship. Really, they are examples of choices made by publishers exercising the right to free speech. As Mar Whoa, spin in it. 
as marijuana use, especially under medical supervision, becomes Mm -hmm. destigmatized, Smith may find that publishers and their readers are less concerned about his message. This is from the paper that denied his advertising. So at the end of this article, they kind of say that, well, we didn't actually censor him. We just exercised our right of free speech by saying no. Right. And maybe if cannabis becomes destigmatized, then we'll consider putting his ad in our paper. But no one will give a shit about his message anyway. But that's that's not censorship Some. How? Well, so, it's a private business, I suppose. Even though you're a newspaper. What part of who, what, where, when, how, why? Like, I, I think I offended Justin Fanlight Blue. Poor really? sick people need a fat-ass joint of Granddaddy Purple or whatever. I don't, nah, I don't yeah, think Yeah, I don't so. think that... I don't think that... I, I, I almost am starting to think that maybe they don't support cannabis a really? little bit. Or calling cannabis medical or something because of... I, yeah, I don't know. What, sh- what should we call it? THC. A fat ass joint one. of Grandpappy Purple. I wish I had a fat ass joint of some Grandpappy Purps. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Uh, before we get out of here, let's end with this. I think this is a fantastic story. It's always nice. We heard about it happen a while ago. Uh, when you are going to court. Dun dun dun. Fucking uh, nah, nah, When am I going to court? Nah, nah, nah. No, when you do go to court or anybody. I don't go to court. I don't go to court either. But if you did and the jurors all said, nah, we're not going to convict you. Hell no, we won't go. I think I think that is so great when people come together like that. And they're like, this is stupid. We're not. No, we're not going to convict. Let them go. Let them go right now. Uh, this happened in Missoula County District Court last week. Jurors, uh, potential jurors, staged a revolt. They said no. Fuck no. Uh, they took the law into their own hands, as it were, and made it clear they were not about to convict anybody for having a couple of buds of the marijuana. Never mind that the defendant in question also faced a felony charge of criminal distribution of dangerous drugs. Just tack on those charges. That's cool. At least you made arrests this time. Uh, the tiny amount of marijuana police found while searching Torrey Cornell's home on April 23rd became a huge issue for some members of the jury panel. No, they said one after the other. No way would they convict somebody for having a 16th of an ounce. That's so awesome. No. <laughs> the guy has a half eighth and they were going to try to put him in jail. Apparently. Of course the jurors are saying no. Good. (laughs) Uh, In fact, one juror wondered why the county was wasting time and money prosecuting the case at all. Uh, District Judge Dusty DeCamps took a quick poll as to who might agree. Of the 27 potential jurors before him, maybe five raised their hands. Maybe. And then quickly (laughs) put them down when everyone else was like, yeah, like what? Put your hand down. This oh, guy. Oh. This guy. Pff, <laughs> yeah. What a f- <laughs> wow. Uh, quote. I thought, geez, I don't know if we can seat a jury. <laughs> he called recess. Uh, so f- maybe five people. A couple others had already been excused because of their, how uh, shall we say, philosophical objections. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, during the recess, Paul and defense attorney Martin Elison worked out a plea agreement that was on Thursday. On Friday, Cornell entered an Alford plea in which he didn't admit guilt. He briefly held his infant daughter in his manacled hands and walked smiling out of the courtroom. 
Quote, I would be smiling too. Yeah. And giving the jurors high fives. What's know. up? <laughs> Smoke session my house. That's right. I got this one bud left. <laughs> yeah. Hey, could I get that? Can I get that back? An ounce back? That was expensive. <laughs> I had to buy it from my son. Uh, quote, public opinion as revealed by the reaction of a substantial portion of the members of the jury called to try the charges on December 16th, 2010, is not supportive of the state's marijuana law and appeared to prevent any conviction from being obtained simply because an unbiased jury did not appear available under any circumstances. And that's probably because Missoula's a bunch of pot-smoking hippies. High five, guys. Or just opened, <clears throat> open-minded enough to realize that, you know, exactly. $10 of cannabis isn't going to, like... Exactly. We got bigger fish to fry. Do you think? Let's raid some more dispensaries. Yeah. I mean, let's get to the root of the problem here. No pun intended. Jesus. Uh, John Masterson, head of Montana Normal, said, I think that's outstanding. The American populace over the last 10 years or so has begun to believe in a majority that assigning criminal penalties for the personal possession of marijuana is an unjust and a stupid use of government resources. Beautiful. Well, on the last show, I mean, we had yeah, we had uh, um, John Amobili. Amobili, yes, sir, that spoke that out about show. that uh, quite a bit, actually. Yep. And and by the way, fuck tobacco. Can uh, we bring it back to fuck tobacco? <laughs> yeah. Fuck. <laughs> that was beautiful. All right. Uh, Denton Ramsey's <laughs> back. Uh, if you guys remember, or if you visit hotboxpodcast.com slash forums in. The Cannabis Fact Box. There's a bunch of uh, articles that are written by a one Denton Ramsey. is a friend of ours down in Texas. He uh, heads up, or used to, I don't know if he still does, uh, a normal chapter down there. Anyway, he started a new site called Canatruths. It's at, uh, you can find it at canatruths.wordpress.com. But he just sent me a new article, and that's up there now, and it will be up on the hotbox for uh, this episode. But it's called Cannabis in America, Mixed Messages or Laced Lies. So we'll kind of end the end the show with this. I'll read you guys a little bit of it. Uh, in the meantime, email info at hotboxpodcast.com. Leave us a message, 406-204-4687. You can join the forums for free, facebook.com slash hotboxpodcast. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash hotboxpodcast. Make sure you are subscribed in iTunes. Write us a review. That way more people will see our lovely show. Uh, we appreciate all the social interaction and all that cool stuff and watch us every Friday or Saturday on Hotbox TV at Hotbox Podcast. It's been, it's been Saturday for the last few weeks. Dot com slash live. Yes, I think we got it dialed in pretty yes, well on Saturdays. Uh, so, yeah, we'll leave you uh, with this. While the world currently has me confined to writing my columns on an iPhone, that's not going to stop me from getting the word out on Can of Truths. And while we're just days away from 2012, our country's Congress remains as ignorant as ever when it comes to cannabis. Or maybe it's not ignorance as much as it is continual reefer madness. Regardless, the outcome is the same. The prohibition of a medicinal plant remains intact. Why? I've been asking that question for years, and sadly the answer remains the same. Our government's propaganda and lies. In a recent 27-page document, a U.S. District judge stated that, quote, marijuana remains illegal under federal law, and in Congress's view, it has no medicinal value. Unless really? The, unless you're at the patent office. Really? That's literally ludicrous. 
Cannabis has helped and continues to help numerous ailments and conditions. Any doctor in their right mind will tell you that's true. And when it comes to our country's cruelest killer, cancer, cannabis is likely the cure-all remedy we've all been looking for. America needs to wake up before it's too late. Thankfully, numerous states have stepped up in terms of at least decriminalizing cannabis. However, this miracle plant remains illegal under federal law. And until that changes, we must continue to fight for our rights to choose a safer alternative in cannabis. We'll talk to you guys next week. Peace. If you like you like weed, where where you need to Thank you for listening to the Hot Box Podcast.